Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. So I am joined today by Adam Cree, the CRO of 3EN Cloud Limited in Hollywood, and that's a Hollywood banger, not Hollywood USA for anyone maybe wondering. <laughs> um, the business is a leading NetSuite partner, and some of its clients include Fitbit, Mile High Labs, and Fairtrade. Um, the company specializes in Oracle NetSuite Enterprise Resource Management Solutions, which is a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you guys solve business efficiency problems through cloud technology. Is that a good summary, would you say? <laughs> uh, so that's a great summary, Neil. Thanks very much for that. Yeah, it was perfect. No problem. Adam, do you want to just, for maybe people listening, you know, the average person who, who doesn't understand all the technological jargon, do you want to just sort of simplify exactly what it is that, that your role entails and what the company does? Yeah, of course, no problem, Neil. Yeah. I think the thing is with our industry, everything seems to have an acronym, but put simply, uh, what we essentially do is is we help businesses streamline what is often the pain of IT systems. So the solution we offer, like you said, is NetSuite. What it is, is essentially it's a single platform for essentially any business process you do. Could it be CRM and sales management, right the way up to financial management, warehouse management. It's one platform that helps streamline. There's so many businesses using multiple systems, multiple pieces of software, uh, to run their business on and, and what, what we do and, and what we do through the power of, of NetSuite and the expertise of our staff is is help people streamline and increase efficiency and kind of take away that burden of worrying about managing IT and software and systems and, and, and all that which can often be a bit of a mess in multiple organizations. I'm sure as well now just on that note because of you know you can't not talk about it the pandemic that's going on that is actually coming in even more useful for a lot of companies and businesses now that have had to change their way of working and and just need more efficient, easier systems when it comes to having people working from home. Yeah, you know the thing is, and that's the other part of what we do is, you know, the, the technology we provide is completely cloud based. So, you know, talking from our own personal experience, you know, what we obviously use internally for our systems is NetSuite, um, amongst a couple of other bits and pieces, which are mainly communication t- tools. You know, the likes of Teams and for video calls and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the demand is going up and has been increasing, to be fair. There's been lots of organizations already realizing the cloud's way forward and being able to remote work and have people working from home is a demand not only that comes in the case of a pandemic, but comes in the face of, of many different situations. You know, the employment landscape has changed over the last number of years and people are starting to get this taste for wanting to work from home anyway. Mm-hmm. What are your views on that in general? Because I know we were just talking before I started recording about, you know, maybe this might actually change the landscape whenever the pandemic ends. People might realize it's, it's less time consuming to just have Zoom meetings or to summarize meetings and emails um, instead of having everyone in the office. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think the, like I said, I think the, the direction of the landscape was changing anyway. I think this is going to speed things up. I think one of the, the things that was holding organizations back from adopting a more flexible kind of lifestyle for their employees, one of the things that was holding them back was the, the risk and the fear of, of the impact to business. And I think what people are going to realize now, unfortunately through an otherwise terrible situation, but it's going to be people realize that, you know, one of the keys to, to that risk and fear is trusting your employees. 
And um, I think this is going to lift that risk because I think what people realize is, you know, a couple of employees may take it easy for a couple of days when they're working from home. But after all, we, we all love working for a purpose and we need purpose in our lives. And I think what this is going to make employers realize is that, that this works, you know, remote working, working from home um, and, and all that. It, it works. You know, people will comply and, and there is ways of tracking and managing that. And to be fair, we, we've kind of fallen, unfortunately, quite nicely into the situation. We've got everything kind of in place. We already had working from home policies um, in place. A lot of our staff already work from home. In fact, we, we've got it. We employ about uh, 15, uh, give or take a few people in, in the mainland UK across England that um, all, all already work from home. You know, that's already their day to day. And many of our employees in Hollywood too take advantage of, of working from myself included, you know, about once a week, I'll do that. And I think, I think this is just going to speed up that, that acceptance of this is the way the world's going. It's a great benefit to, to give your employees, you know, it's great flexibility and, and it can be a really nice way to work. You know, I find myself, I'm far more productive. I get more time. I'm less interrupted when I work from home. I think as well, just on that note, even uh, I saw some people talking about climate change in general as well. You know, there's less traffic, less congestion on the roads. So yeah. it's, it's another added um, plus. And just on that point with your own employees and um, during all of this, Adam, uh, because I know you hired only last month an extra 16 people to the Hollywood team. Yeah, well, actually, we're, we're planning, we're expanding as we are. We've, we've received an investment of 1.2 million um, in line with Invest NI, and we're, we're on the process of, of adding a further 16 this year. Uh, we already doubled last year, um, which is far more than 16. So, uh, you know, we, we strongly expect that we will go over and above that 16, but surely the investment from, from Invest NI is for that first 16 uh, that we should have in place by the end of this year. And yeah, we're already looking at, at how we do that in line with our, you know, we've already got a pretty strong um placements uh process that we run in line with queen's university and we'll be running them two in tandem but yeah it's an exciting time you know we've we've grown rapidly last year and i'm looking forward to, to what this year brings and, and how we continue to ramp up on that that brings me to the other point because i know uh, a little birdie told me you were the youngest ever belfast giants player <laughs> <laughs> at one point when, when i last knew yes i was indeed yeah this is real, <laughs> this is the real selling point of this here <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you got involved in the marketing department and then um, that sort of led you into the tech and, and business industry and then you got involved in the early stages of, of 3E and Cloud Limited um, so just talk me through that you know how, how yeah. did you know did you I suppose you always thought you wanted to be you know a nice hockey player did you know you wanted to get into any type of business before or how did that go? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so if, if you had have asked me that question 20 years ago, I would have wondered what business even meant, um, to be really <laughs> honest with you. Um, but yeah, um, when I was, all my, my, my life as a child, from I was the age of eight, um, when I started playing ice hockey, all the way up to when I, when I retired, I guess you could say, very young at the age of 19, um, that's all I ever wanted to do. You know, that was my focus. Now, obviously in the background, there were still things I loved. I always was interested in design and art and um, very creative things. Always, always really inspired me, even down to music. I'm, I love guitar and, and I absolutely love music. It's, it's the heart and soul of what keeps me going sometimes is, is my love for music. But yeah, all my life, it was a focus on ice hockey and, and sports and fitness and, and staying at my peak. And kind of what, what led me around to, to the business side of stuff was, was when I left ice hockey, you know, you kind of come out of sports and you realize there's a whole other world in front of you. 
Mm-hmm. And it can be a bit daunting, especially when you come out. You know, there's guys who retire far older than me, and I, I, I kind of quit at a very young age. But it was that realization of, um, well, what am I going to do now? And one of the things I picked up on was <laughs> funny stories. When I was when I was doing my GCSEs, I had an art teacher who we were set our um, projects for our coursework, and it was on. I think it was on something like life and shape. And um, I, I came back, and at that point, I was really, really interested in, in anime uh, as an art form, mm-hmm. uh, Japanese anime. And, and I came back to my teacher, and I said, this is what I want to do my coursework on, is, is Japanese anime. And my teacher kind of turned around and, um, I guess, just totally rejected the idea and said, no, it wasn't art. I had to come up with another idea. So me and my, my stubbornness uh, decided I would quit art as a GCSE subject. Um, <laughs> So that, that was kind of the end of my art career. It was always something I loved and always something I wanted to do. But at that point, I was like, you know what? If you're not letting me do this and you're so short-sighted to see that this isn't art, I quit. And kind of threw my toys out of the pram and walked away. And then, you know, the year after that was when I started playing professional ice hockey. So when I left professional sport, um, I kind of found this, this desire to, to retake up some type of creativity. And I realized back then this whole digital world was was opening up to everyone and and I got involved in helping organizations in a freelance role um, with websites, with logo design, really, really, really cheap, trying to build up a portfolio, build up a bit of reference for myself. Um, did average, um, I would say, even to this day and age. <laughs> if anybody wants me to be a graphic designer for them, don't ask me. Um, it was something that got me where I am today, but it's definitely not my strong point at all. But um, yeah, then then actually 3EN, um, my my father started 3EN. Um, we don't often fight it because it's a lot bigger than just being a family business now, but mm-hmm. essentially that's what it started out being. And um, I saw what they were doing on the marketing front and kind of said, you might want to think about doing that differently. <laughs> so <laughs> as the old saying goes, he with the vision gets the mission. So I got the mission to kind of help at that point, 3M was called Product or Solutions, go through this whole focus on brand, marketing, digital, what we were doing to build a company. And from there went from, yeah, digital. I think my first role in the company was digital marketing assistant or something like that, associate maybe. Um, and then progressed my way up into the, the role I am now, which is complete control and, and oversight of the sales, marketing, client success and support divisions within 3M as we've grown. That's, that is an amazing story to be fair and can I just say as well about your art teacher that is so art subjective like that's what I thought <laughs> isn't it awful though the influence like both positive and negative a teacher can have well obviously it worked out well because you are where you are now possibly because of that yeah that, uh, that's what I think too yeah I think I think they did me I guess uh, in a way they did me a favor I didn't focus on on art I focused on my sport achieved that and now my passion for art still exists so in a sense I guess they did me a favor yeah yeah, it didn't, it didn't ruin it for you. It's a hobby now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I know that you actually want to enthuse sort of local talent to get into STEM careers more, especially, you know, we're really trying at Sync to push the agenda that, you know, you don't typically have to have a degree or a diploma in computer science to get into the tech world. I think it's actually one in five people in Belfast now work in the digital sector in some way. Yeah. Um, so is that something as a whole that the 3EN is trying to encourage? Oh, that's, yeah, that's massively, and for me, even on a personal level, you know, that's that's my passion. It's something that um, I hope you've got enough time in the podcast that I could go on about forever, but really for me, um, 
you know, the big thing about 3N, the thing that I love about 3N, it's easy for me to sit here and people can look at this and think, yeah, well, that's easy for him to say, you know, family started the business and it's grown. That's great. But for me, the core about 3N and the reason I am where I am today is that, you know, as a company, we've realized that, you know, at the end of the day, and this seems really, really trivial, but at the end of the day, you employ people. But quite often what we hire is skill sets as organizations. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that it's very, very rare, you know, that you employ somebody on a skill set and you sack them on a skill set. Normally we sack people because of things like behavior, attitude, culture, fit, you know, things like that. You know, people's behavior is more often not why people lose jobs. Uh, and what we do at 3N, and one of the things that I love, and that's really enabled me to get to where I'm at, and then something that I love to, to make sure I focus on with my team is that we, we employ first and foremost you know, behavior, culture, and attitude. Because mm-hmm. there are things that, you know, we, we can have the argument over, can you train those things? Yeah, I, I believe you probably can. Anybody can learn anything. It's, that's my, my core belief. If you want to do something, you want it bad enough, work hard enough at it, you'll get it. So people can learn behavior, culture, and attitude, but ultimately it's far harder to learn how to behave, how to think an attitude than it is to learn a skill set. Um, so what we're really, really firm on when we, when we employ and we recruit people and, and even throughout the whole process of helping people develop and grow within the organization, what we focus on first and foremost is, is your behavior and attitude. You know, we love people who want to get stuff done. We love candy attitudes. We love people who understand that there's a world of information at our fingertips to, to learn things. And it's not just those people who come out of, you know, either school with GCSEs, A-levels, university with a first, they're not the only people in the world that are capable. And for us, it's, it's understanding that there's a far bigger picture to people as individuals than, than what their scores and their, their grades um, tell about them. So yeah, we are, we are you know, I am hugely passionate about um, seeing people succeed, helping people grow, helping people develop. And, and it's something that really keeps us going. We have a tons of people in our organization that have learned their role on the job with us you know they've came in for an interview and to be honest if we were to employ them based on skill set they probably wouldn't get the job but we see their attitude we see their enthusiasm and 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 that's that's key you know we can teach people stuff we can give people a website or a course or you know a training session to learn a skill set to learn a process to follow but if somebody doesn't have that ambition you know that that enthusiasm at the first point then, then you're kind of flogging a dead horse definitely and i think it's as well, it's trying to break that stereotype of people think that working in tech is, you know, sitting in a corner coding on your own in the dark. And yeah. it's really not. It's actually about problem solving and, and helping people oh, yeah. and human connection. 100%, totally. And that's, that's the thing, you know, what people don't realize is, is the creativity involved in anything mathematical. And it's something funny about me and that I would talk a lot about with my team. You know, we do this whole kind of brain profiling thing about whether you're red yellow green or blue um brain thinking so like yellow brain thinking is is creative but within that thinking is a mathematical bent and, and people don't understand the the creativity involved in problem solving and and the, the drive that people can get from that within software and tech and it's you know it is it's that stigma and that idea of what technology companies look like and breaking that down for people to understand this there's this whole diverse range of people individuals and job roles within that that span far more than the guy eating pizza in a dark corner and not talking <laughs> to anybody because he's writing code, you know? Yeah. Do you think yeah. because of the pandemic, is that going to hinder or halt your hiring process this year? Has that affected you guys at all? Or is it, are you still sort of on track? 
Yeah, well, right for now, we're still on track, you know, for sure. I, I couldn't give you any guarantees over the next couple of months. Our, our plan sure looks like we're on track as a company. We've been able to react pretty well to the demands of the situation. And, you know, we're in a position where, like I said, we've got all of our homework and policies. Everybody's on, even, you know, even silly things, Dave, like everybody being on laptops from day one. There's a couple of friends of mine in organizations that have had to purchase something like 200 desktop computers because their staff didn't have laptops or sorry they had to purchase 200 laptops because their staff were only on desktops mm -hmm. um and things like that that we have in place that we were able to react pretty quickly but yeah back back to your question yeah i think i think we're on track i think we're good you know we we stabilized extremely quickly um we're managing this the situation as it goes you know as anybody can do you, you have to take this thing day by day and week by week and we're doing the same with our staff you know we reacted pretty quickly before everybody was told the lockdown and the work from home. I think we reacted ago, two weeks ago today was the first day we all started working from home uh, and made that decision. Just, you know, our thing is, is help out. Like it was obvious that the more we could do to help not just ourselves, but society in general, the, the, the better. So yeah, you know, it's a thing we're reviewing day by day and, and we'll continue to do that. But as it stands today, we're good. Um, we're, we're focusing on, on being stable, staying stable and with the goals and plans we have, nothing's, nothing's changed. And, we're still super, super excited about what this year holds for us. And I know you had to self-isolate a wee bit longer than everyone else. You were telling me before. <laughs> you think you may yeah. have maybe maybe had COVID nineteen, but you're all you're all good now and, and happiness and health yeah, yeah. for your family anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're all good now. We're we're fine. We've we've I I, I guess theoretically came out of self isolation yesterday, uh, which is good from having a couple of symptoms. But yeah, we were fine. We were totally cool. We've got two kids and they they've been fine. They haven't picked up any symptoms either. So. Yeah, we're we're just cracking on with things. My wife's at home with the kids, homeschooling, and um, yeah, it's just a new way of life, and we're just adapting as we go as well. <laughs> it's a new way of life, and it's one of those things. Some people are thinking, depends on whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, I suppose. But some people might not actually want to go back to the old way. It might be hard for them to readjust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I think I think that's the thing. And like we were saying, I think that's the thing that people are going to realize as well is that, you know, we have a number of, when we say we, we employ in behavior, culture and attitude, you know, there's people in our organization who are, who are definite introverts and it, it's what they add beyond that. That's amazing. And, you know, we, I think, I, I think and hope, you know, I really, really hope that we get to the point as, as a, a culture and a society where we realize that there is some hidden gems that are introverts working from home and, and doing their own wee projects that, if you could offer them this lifestyle and this this way of working, they they would absolutely they would fly and they would succeed for your organisation. And it's it's kind of exciting at the same time to see that kind of change and see where where business does go with this situation and, and how we we if at all can take some good from it. Definitely, Adam. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, not at all. I'm really glad to have. Thank you very much to have me on here. Um, really excited um, to see how this goes. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode of TechCrack. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit SyncNI.com. Have a good week.